Dubomatic with the dub Come, come, fin, ice up your dance all and ice up your club Flinging down some sweet rubber dub Easy squeezy makes no riot yeah, This my sound and we bury that My sound is the cream of the crap Dubmatic Yeah, Dubmatic The original sound Fredrin Dubmatic's live and direct in a place called Toronto, Canada Dubmatic Rancho Calling, calling, Dubmatic Toronto, Canada You come out Big up, big up, big up, Dubmatic Welcome back to another edition of The Basement Sessions I'm your host, Dubmatic And on this episode, I'm going to be looking at the women in reggae From Millie Small's breakout in 1964 All the way to Coffee's Grammy win in 2019 One of the youngest women to win that award it's an impossible task to showcase the true scope and depth fully needed for six decades of women in reggae. And what I hope to do today is highlight a few to help you discover some of the vital women who helped pave the way for the wonderful new artists that are continuing to break out and push the music forward. I want to give a big shout out to Joe, who's the music coordinator at 3CR Radio in Australia, one of the stations that carries this show, for this suggestion. He came to me a few weeks ago with an email and said, what do you think about doing a show on the women in reggae? And I said, you know what, it's a fantastic idea and it's time. So that's what we're doing. So with the limited time that I do have this one hour, I want to pack in as much as possible and give you a little bit of history on each of the songs and why I chose them. So I'm going to kick off with this one. It's the classic and everybody knows it. My Boy Lollipop by Millie Small from 1964. So some facts behind her and the song. First of all, she is small. She's only five foot two. And when this came out, she was the very first internationally successful Jamaican female singer at that time. The song was re- recorded and arranged by Ernest Wranglin. He also plays guitar, of course, on the song. When it came out in the UK, it sold 600,000 copies and to date has sold over 7 million copies worldwide. And David Rodigan, of course, we know the Roddy man, has stated that watching Millie Small perform the song on the, at the Ready Steady Go TV show as a schoolboy initiated his lifelong passion for Jamaican music. What do you think about that? Now, about the actual song, My Boy Lollipop, originally My Girl Lollipop, is a song that was written in the mid-50s by Robert Spencer of the doo-wop group called The Cadillacs, and it's usually credited to Morris Levy, who ran Roulette Records, who was a gangster. That's a whole different story. It was first recorded in 1956 by Barbie Gay. A later version, recorded in 1964, is the Millie Small one, and it was changed from My Girl Lollipop to My Boy Lollipop of course because she is singing it from the female perspective so let's kick off right now millie small my boy lollipop 1964 basement sessions
wonderful and effusive and energetic Millie Small's My Boy Lollipop from 1964. The next artist I want to look at is Phyllis Dillon. And the reason why is because she's considered one of the key singers of the Rocksteady era. And a song I'm going to play is Don't Stay Away from 1967 on the Treasure Isle label. Of course, that's Duke Reed, whom we've talked about many times on this show. And as a kid, she would perform at these contests. And one of them was the Glass Bucket Club in Kingston. That's when she was discovered by Lynn Tate, Duke Reed's session guitarist. And of course, Duke Reed and Lynn Tate go on very prominently. We've talked about Duke Reed. So what's interesting is, though, she had a bunch of hits and singles and one album. And then in 1971, she basically walked away from the industry for decades. But back then, this is one of those times where I've talked about Cox and Dodd and Duke Reed. They were rivals. They fought each other as far as musically, putting out as much as they could, trying to one-up their sound systems and being the kingpin of the nation and worldwide. Global dominance. And during these times, we've talked about the sound system culture, and it was cutthroat. They would come and mash your sound up. They would fire gunshots in the air to scare away the audience. You know, they would sabotage your equipment. But these two respected each other. And one of the reasons is because Cox and Dodd always made a point to call him Sir Duke, that is and show that respect. Because of that, Duke left them alone and they were able to work together and they had a mutual admiration and respect for one another all through the years. So it's recorded and released by Duke Reed, but it's actually distributed by Coxon's Music City. So right now, let's have a listen to Phyllis Dillon, Don't Stay Away, 1967. If you 
Stay Away 1967. This next artist I'm going to play is a sister of a major star, Hortense Ellis, sister of Alton Ellis. And their classic track, Breaking Up, is hard to do. So there's the Alton Ellis version and then there's the duet version. So the brother and sister duo were among Jamaica's most intriguing combinations at the time. Two legendary performers defining the rock steady sound that Studio One had created. In 1964, Hortense was awarded a silver cup as Jamaica's best female vocalist and went on to repeat this five years later. So she's got two back to back. She toured Jamaica with Byron Lee and the Dragonairs and began recording with some of the island's top producers. Alton Ellis was with Studio One, Cox and Dodd at this time, and the family connection was exploited by Dodd, who produced female adaptations of songs that Alton had sung, including Why Do Birds, I'm Just a Guy, of course you can do I'm Just a Girl. She went on and did a few more duets and released one album, but by 1970, after a tour of Canada, she walked away. She got married, had five kids, and that was it. For at least a decade until Bunny Striker League came calling, but that's a different topic, a different story, and a different track. For now, let's listen to this classic with Hortense Ellis and her brother Alton, Breaking Up is Hard to Do from 1967. Hortense Ellis breaking up is hard to do. 
You're locked into the basement sessions with Dub Maddox and our look at women in reggae. The next artist I want to look at is Nora Dean. She was recorded as a member of the Soulettes with Rita Marley in the 60s with the Ebony Sisters before recording as a solo artist. She recorded for Scratch Perry, including the 1969 single, The Same Thing That You Gave to Daddy. She had her first hit in 1970 for Byron Smith with barbed wire based on the techniques you don't care. She enjoyed further success with Night Food Reggae, went on to record for Sonia Pottinger, who I'll be talking about in a second, Harry Moody, Let Me Tell You Boy, and Bunny Striker Lee, who I mentioned before. She also contributed backing vocals to Jimmy Cliff's 1973 album, Unlimited. This is a terrific song I found called Peace Begins Peace Begins Within from 1972, which is a cover version by Mylon Lefebvre. So I'm gonna play a little bit of the Myron Lefebvre and then play a Nora's version. They're completely different, but it's kind of cool to hear the context of how things are reinterpreted. which is actually a Christian rock classic. Now, let's listen to Nora's version. Oh! 
Dean. Peace begins within from 1972 and a cover version of Mylon Lefebvre's Christian Rock Classic. Just before this track, I mentioned Sonia Pottinger and why she's important. She's one of the very first female Jamaican record producers and produced artists from the mid 60s all the way up until the mid 80s. And some of them include, of course, Nora Dean. So the story behind her is in 1961, Lyndon Pottinger opened up a small recording studio that would become her husband, the first in Jamaica to be owned by a black person to produce records by local acts. Now, I dispute that because the same was said about Cox and Dodd in Studio One. Who's right, who's wrong, hard to say, but Studio One was set up around 1961-62, so it could in fact be Lyndon Pottinger that holds that title. He set up several record labels, including Gay Disc and SEP, which is Sonya's initials, and recorded acts including The Maytels, Derek Harriet, Lord Tanamo, and the teenager Millie Small. See how everything kind of ties together? So in 1964, he sold his recording equipment to Duke Reed, and shortly afterwards, the Pottingers separated. She decided to continue producing records, and she opened up her tip-top record shop in 1965. So it took a lot of fortitude and determination to actually pursue this. After she'd done that, she started to record musicians in 1966. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of history about her, because she'll feature again later on in the show. Because I'm trying to highlight certain artists during this sick decade period, plus I have to kind of jump ahead a little bit. So that was 1972 for Dora Dean. I'm jumping to 1978 for this classic. When they recorded this song, they were only 17 and 18 years old, respectively. What's significant about this song is that these ladies are ad-libbing to a DJ track, which is originally Three Piece Suit by Trinity. The lyrics were written by Errol Thompson, produced by Joe Gibbs, using a re-recording of whom? I'm Still in Love by Alton Ellis, Studio One. You see how things just keep getting recycled and recycled? We know it, but I like to point it out because it's always interesting when you hear the original versions of where these songs came from and then developed and morphed into. So at this point, this same rhythm on the Studio One that Alton Ellis had sung on was already reversioned and became a hit in the 70s with Marcia Aiken's cover of I'm Still in Love with You Boy and then Three Piece Suit by Trinity to which Uptown Top Ranking was actually the answer record. Interesting, isn't it? The record was originally recorded as a joke, but it was played by accident by BBC Radio 1 DJ John Peel. And when he did that, he got flooded for requests to play it again. And with him championing it on BBC and then on the top of the pops, it became a surprise hit and reached number one in the UK singles chart in 1978. It spent 11 weeks there. That's a huge and significant number for a joke. And two teenage girls in Jamaica. And it's one of those songs that is played all the time, anywhere you go. It's part of our musical reggae lexicon to this day. Now, of course, there's many, many versions of it, but what you might not know is that it's only been sampled nine times. Like physically, you sample it, you use it in another song, much like hip hop is always done. Now, compare that to the top one that I could find, which has had 2000, and that's a big divide. Now, you're asking yourself, you wanna know which song has been sampled 2000 times. Well, I can tell you, it's actually not a song. It's a drum break. And that break is called the Amen Break, which comes from a 1969 track called Amen Brother by the group The Winstons. Now, doesn't mean anything to you if I tell you that the Amen Break, the Amen Brother, Winston Brothers. But if you've ever listened to a classic jungle song, and still to this day, they make versions of it, that drum sound that you hear in there, that drum break, that's what I'm talking about. That is the Amen Break. Historical interest aside, let's get back to the track Uptown Top Ranking, Althea and Donna, 1978. Right here, Basement Sessions and our look at women in reggae.
presenting Them checks say we hip panting True, them no no anting We have them going anting Now pop no style Our strictly roots Now pop no style Our strictly roots See me from the road and you not call out to me Do you see me in my pants and ting? See me in my altar back Send me gear heart attack Give me little bass, make me wind up my waist Up down top ranking See me in my bands and ting Dolly true constant spring Them checks that we come from Cosmo Spring But the true them no no anything Them no no say we top ranking Uptown top ranking Shoulda see me and the ranking dread Check out we jamming and ting Love is all I bring In a McCarty suit and ting In our khaki suit and ting Love is all I bring In our khaki suit and ting Now pop no style A strictly roots Now pop no style A strictly roots if I did not include Marcia Griffiths in this. She has actually had a six decade long career in reggae music and beyond that. And what's she's just got an incredible history and she's worked with so many artists and done so many amazing things. It's where do you start? That's a tough one. That's where I got stuck at. But I kind of looked at what could I play 
you know, I could play some old classics and stuff, but I wanted to relate it to somebody else that we had talked about, and that's Sonia Pottinger. So I found this track, which is called I've Got to Go Back Home from 1978 as well, produced by Sonia Pottinger. Now, I'm not going to go in too deep into her career because it's six decades and hard to condense when I'm trying to pack all this into one hour, but I will tell you that she got her start in 1964, performing on stage with who? Byron Lee and the Dragonairs, much like Hortense Alice connection there. Clement Dodd signed her to Studio One, and she recorded a number of hits uh, with singers such as Tony Gregory, Bob Marley, early, and of course, Bob Andy, where she had her big hits with uh, Young Gifted in Black, the Nina Simone cover in 1971, and their follow-up hit, Pied Piper. And then she becomes a member of the I-3s with Bob Marley, and the rest is history, as they say. Outside of Phyllis Dillon, no other female artist has come close to having as many hits as Marcia Griffiths. Food for thought. Marcia Griffiths, I've Got to Go Back Home from 1978, produced by Sonia Pottinger. I know in these times we all need to go back home. So let me take you home.
Marcia Griffiths and a beautiful track there. So now I'm going to move up to 1979, only one year later, and I'm going to play this track, which I played on a previous show where I looked at Dennis Bovell and his legendary status and career in music. This artist is Janet Kay, and the track is Silly Games. Before I play the track, here's a couple little facts of interest for you. She actually has the music Guinness Book World of Records as the first British-born black female to have a reggae song at the top of the British charts. Her albums have sold in excess of millions of copies. She's listed as one of Britain's top 100 Black Britons by the Evening Standard newspaper. She was discovered singing impromptu at a rehearsal studio by Tony Gad Robinson, the keyboardist from Oswald, who recommended Kay to Alton Ellis. And from Alton Ellis, ends up with Dennis Bovell at some point in time. Interesting that Alton Ellis pops up, but it's not unheard of simply because he was actually touring and performing there a lot of the times. Now, without further ado, Janet Kay, Silly Games from 1979.
Janet Kay with Silly Games. The next track I'm gonna play, you all know. Everybody knows this song if you've, I don't care where you are. You could be on a beach in Tahiti, or you could be at a reggae festival in the middle of nowhere, or anywhere in a club, you know this song and it's gonna be played. It's inevitable. And that is the power of a great song. Which song am I talking about? Sister Nancy's Bam Bam from 1979. It is ubiquitous. Now imagine having that kind of success with a song and becoming internationally known and played all over the world, on radio, at festivals, at clubs, and never seeing a dime. Not one penny. That's what happened for 32 years. She never made a dime from her song. And it took going to court to finally get some justice and the money that she was owed. Eventually, she got 50% of the publishing rights to the song and compensation for the monies that were owed. Now, what is the meaning behind Bam Bam or what a bam bam. Well, there's two meanings apparently. One's a slippery one I won't mention. And then there's apparently this one, the way the song was intended. What a bam bam means what a ruckus. Being loud, boisterous, uh, you know, exuberant, making a lot of noise. Any other adjective you want to throw in there, go ahead. Or maybe they just told us that to make it sound clean and keep playing it. Now, the song was a hit in Jamaica as well, but what she didn't know for many, many years is that it was an international success. Imagine that, sitting at home, just living your day, day by day, and you have no idea that this song is so big outside of your own country. Well, apparently that's the story. And it was African Bambata who brought it back and was playing it in the Brooklyn nightclubs and helped to break the album in the US. And then from there, it takes off. The rhythm you know, that's Ansel Collins' 1974 track, Stalag 17, still a classic. It's another piece of musical history that's still prevalent today. The lyric, Bam Bam comes from the song of the same name by the Maytels and Byron Lee and the Dragon there. So there's a little bit of history, a little bit of factoids in there, and you know, a little bit of perspective. And in that spirit of perspective, I felt it's only right that I play you the original Maytels version where they're saying Bam Bam, and she gets the main riff, what a Bam Bam. And then of course the Ansel Collins Stalag 17. So we've got the words and the music, Two different groups, two different time periods, all put together into one track for Sister Nancy, AKA Bam Bam. Let's have a listen to both, and then, of course, Sister Nancy's version. Yeah, can you hear that?
Bovell, and you're listening to the Basement Sessions with Dubmatics. Tell me, say one thing, Nancy can't understand. Uh. One thing, Nancy can't understand. Uh. What make them a talk about me? Ambition. Say what make who them a talk about me? Ambition. Come and say some of them a ask me where me get it from. Uh. Tell some of them a ask me where me get it from. Uh. I told them no, no, it's from creation. Uh. I told them no, no, it's all from creation. Bam, bam, hey yo, what a bam. Judy Mowat, another member of the I3s and solo artist herself, be included in this show. To many critics, her album Black Woman is considered one of the greatest female reggae albums of all time. Now, if I rewind the clock from 1979, it goes all the way back to 1967 when she entered the music industry as a young vocalist with a very captivating voice, as they wrote, for Federal Recording Label and a group called The Gay Let's. By 1971, she's with Studio One and Cox and Dodd, and then, of course, she had worked with Bob Marley, and it was Marley who invited her to join the other two female singers, Marcia Griffiths and Rita Marley, his wife, to form the Solettes. But by 1974, they became the I-3s. 
Signing with Bob opened the door for Judy to get onto the international stage. She had this to say, it was a very hectic life, but a spiritual experience working with him, she noted. Bob always took his Bible to the studio to find some nugget to include in his songs. He was very disciplined and insisted on rehearsing even when there was no performance booked. It made us always ready. Black Woman was the very first solo album by a female artist and released on Bob's label, Tough Gong. So let's have a listen to that right now on The Basement Sessions. Dedicate my song. La 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 la. 
played Marcia. There's only one left I haven't played, and that's Rita Marley. And each of these women have had hits and success. Well, this was Rita's, which came out in 1982, and the song is One Draw. And it's still a popular track. You don't hear it as much, but for me, I think it's her best work. And it's one of those tracks that will stand the test of time. So right here, right now, let's listen.
draw from 1982. Now, I didn't talk a lot about her past simply because, well, everybody kind of knows who she is. She had a very prominent role being Bob Marley's wife, and still to this day, she's part of the main team. Well, she's probably the main person overseeing his estate and his legacy. But what you might not know is that she actually started singing and recording very early on in probably around mid to late 60s, and she did a version of Pied Piper, which was made a hit by Marcia and Bob Andy. Interesting, isn't it? All around that same time. But as we've seen before, it's not unusual to have different artists sing on top of the same hit rhythm. So I wanted to play this one. This is Pied Piper, and this is around 1966. Rita Marley, have a listen. Piper from 1966 on the Studio One label. I'd originally planned to do a one-hour look at the women in reggae, but as I've discovered recording this, it's not going to be possible because I still haven't even got to the digital dance hall and beyond all the way up until today. But I'm going to have to save that for part two next week. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I always appreciate it and I love hearing back from you. You can drop me an email anytime at dubmatix at dubmatix.com. You can also download this show and a whole host of other specials that I've done. Just head over to basementsessions.com and that is B-A-S-S. Taking us out today is Young, Gifted, and Black by Bob and Marcia from 1971. And I'll see you again next week for part two and our look at women in reggae.
No